Hey, hey, welcome back to Articulate. How you doing this week? Doing all right? Good, good to hear. Yeah, this week we got uh, we got Maddie Smith. Of course, it's just a natural progression here, folks. If you can't see the pattern, that's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, I was so happy when I asked Maddie to come do this, and she was like, "Well, I can either talk about YouTube and like branding and stuff, or stand-up comedy." And you know, obviously, stand-up holds a very, very special place in my heart. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a great conversation, and it it's more about it's not necessarily about like the industry of stand-up comedy necessarily it's just about you know the art of it and a little bit of the history and like just breaking it down to what stand-up is at its, at its core and what it means to us as people so uh again this is a very dear topic to my heart and maddie was a great person to talk about it with because we are both insane people when we're together uh <laughs> and you can definitely tell right off the back when we start so yeah uh, it's a fun one i hope you enjoy thanks Good Jokes on you. I am a sexual predator. Oh. <laughs> well, let's yeah. get into welcome, the news. Yeah, welcome Maddie Smith. Hey, thanks for Hello. coming on. Oh, yay. Today. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, uh, so yeah, Christy is pedophile. I don't know if you knew Dude. that. His jokes are funny, but... They're know, very funny. Um, pedophile. And I appreciate what he's done for podcasting. However, uh, yeah. What did he do for podcasting? Um, I think... I think... He helped popularize, like, the solo podcasting moment mm-hmm. um, a little bit. I mean... I think Mark Maron definitely did that, for true, sure. That's true, actually. That's, and that's, that's what he's, like, And Theo's done a great job with that as well, really? so... See, that's, like, a whole comedian truth that I'm not, like, familiar mm-hmm. with. I feel like they're kind of... There's, like, you know, there's, like, Burt Kreishner and, like, mm-hmm. um, who... Mark ta- Crystal's. Ta- Burt Crystal's. Uh, Tom Segura yeah, yeah, yeah. and, like, Joe, Ari. Of course, yeah, Ari, Joe. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, a group. And then there's, like... Those, like Theo, and I feel like Chris. I don't even know if they're friends, but I feel like they're on the same type of level. They are on the same level. They get compared a lot, actually. I think much to their dismay, because I honestly don't think that they fuck with each other like that. Yeah, Yeah, even Theo. Theo Vaughn. I don't know if we said his name. Theo Vaughn. He, um... I did really like, like, his response. He's like, first of all, can we just talk about how hard this has to be for the girls coming out with this shit? Like, it's hard at any time that you're doing this, but... Um, he's like, I think we're not really given enough credit where credit's due in terms of like people starting to speak out with Chris. And it's, and it's hard too, because like there is nuance in those, uh, first of all, let me state out the gate. I am in no way like a Chris D'Elia apologist. Yeah. Because oh, fuck that guy I sure. think my interpretation from just trying to gather like what the claims have been and then also what his receipts of sorts have been um because there were some conversations released of like girls saying like okay this is a conversation we had i was underage xyz Mm -hmm. um you know and this was like before a show or after a show or whatever it was uh met with things from i wouldn't even say chris d'elia's team because everyone has dropped him but chris d'elia just uh, giving actual context to the emails and saying like, oh, well, this girl reached out first or she did confirm she was 18 or X, Y, Z. So I think it comes down to it's probably less of a legality issue and more of an ethical issue. Yeah, like uh, like the Louis C.K. thing. Yeah. 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 And unfortunately, he's like one of my favorite comedians. I know, I know. And I mean, it's still, you know, we've talked about this. I, I mean, personally, I've talked about this on a lot of the podcasts that I do. It's mm-hmm. 
the line of where mor- morality uh, is right, and like separating. Yeah. yeah, it's like, are you allowed to do that? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, check out the one with Logan Marshall if you haven't. But you. yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we but stand. We stand exactly. We have to. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I I don't really want to get into it like the whole. Yeah, we don't like that. Christy, his voices in that one bit that we do. Kudo. Yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, and he, you and I are going to do that for the rest of our lives. Yeah, for sure. And we're always going to, like, after we do it, just look off into the distance of, of like, sadness. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, sad. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, actually, Joey. Joey Diaz? I wish. Oh, sad. Joey Coco. Joey uh, Pecker, he oh, yeah. called me, and he was, like, he was the one to give me the news because he knew um, that I was... I am to Crystalia as you are to Louie. Oh, yeah. really? So yeah. he was like, if it was going to come from anyone, I wanted it to come from. Oh. <laughs> he was like, he's like, because Maddie, it's looking real bad. He it's was looking like, real it, bad. Yeah, he was like, I don't think this is like one or two allegations. He's like, this this post got released, and he was like, and it's, I don't think he's going to be back. And I was like, damn. And, yeah. I, and then I, I went home. And Olivia was like, did you hear? And I was like, did I hear? Did I hear? And we all talk about it. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, it feels shitty because it's like I have like really, really, I've been going on and off with like the idea of doing my own podcast for a while now. And I have shaped a lot of the ideas off of like what Chris has done in his. So it's like he's definitely influenced me. Mm-hmm. But it sucks, and um, you know, yeah, he yeah, should so, be under the scrutiny. He is, yeah, for sure. And don't, you know, don't have sex with underage kids. It seems like a, <laughs> seems seems yeah. you know, like a fair thing think, that we can all agree on. You know, just don't. I think with anything, when in doubt, hey, fucking fuck <laughs> up, and you know, don't go up, go for cougars. If yeah. anything, for sure, um, that's hey, they're just yeah. as desperate and yeah. probably have more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is also a little sexist. And you can sleep with that person. Yes. Add 10 years and then you Have you heard of that? that um, it's like your age divided by two plus seven is like the threshold of how low you can go. So for um, somebody that's like 30, okay. 15 plus seven, that's 22. So if you're 30, you should only go as low as like a 22 year old. I wish this was told to my father. <laughs> um, How old you? Oh no! What's the gap? <laughs> my parents met when my mom was the ripe old age of fifteen, and my father was twenty-six. Ooh, fell in love. Wow, that's fell in love. Intense. Yeah, my mom, my dad hits smack in the middle of my mom's age and my grandparents' age. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, yeah, they they fell in love. They were living out of state, but met during drag racing. Like, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. I'm a product of that. Wow. And yeah, uh, proposed when my mom was 18. Wow, really hit the buzzer on that one. Well, uh, hey, he waited though. I my mom claims too. She's like, we did not do anything before I was of legal age, and I was like, yeah, all right, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it Anyways. worked out. I mean, they're still together, eleven and a half years uh, apart. Yeah. And you're here now, so and I'm here. And then we're here, and we're doing stand-up comedy today. We're talking about stand-up, yes. not about improv. allegations. No, we're just, imp- we're yeah. just riffing this whole thing. Yeah, is, this whole thing is riff. basically our relationship is a riff. Is it's just and yeah. That was the In vein the of Miss Dooning's existence. Yes, yes. Yeah, was that when we like formed our relationship? I think so. Yeah, in uh, public speaking. Yeah, public speaking. Public speaking class. My junior, because I didn't finish out that semester in public speaking. Yeah, in public speaking. Oh, it was my senior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. How come? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I. Yeah, Miss Dooney. Do you want to tell the story? 
Sure. Yeah. Of like your story. Yeah, because you I'll would always it bring it up. I, if it really hadn't. Th- no, no, no. Do not I that always story. bring it up? No, no, no. Oh. The the story of, of that I, the question. Oh, that I that's my favorite story. Yeah, yeah that's my that's okay. the one because I never even like like dwelled on it because I had so much else that it happened. It means that. more to me than <laughs> that is one of the like like if I were in the L.A. comedy scene that would be like a. Like when this happened, yeah. that's my, no, we just, uh, so public speaking, I feel like we had it like early to midday. I think it was like a third period or something. Yeah. So Cause I got out after, after fourth bell anyways. Yeah. 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 And so Steve and I sat next to each other in public speaking and Kylie was kind of our friend too. Kylie would sit near us and she would like, she, she had a, the sense of humor in terms of like would know when to laugh, but couldn't keep up i don't think anybody could keep up yeah we would just start like oh i've never met someone who's like like has this like style yeah yeah no it made me feel like a lot more comfortable (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay because there's another person there's okay i'm not alone in this yeah and we were completely i think we were unknown to each other that's what i'm saying so it's like i knew like who who, some of my friends back in the day had the same sense of humor but i I thought it was a very like tight knit yeah Yeah, like a niche yeah and it was like to meet somebody that we kind of knew each other just like through mutual friends yeah and then to just start riffing like that i was like like, oh we're both insane guy in different grades yeah never had classes together it was like a weird like oh hold on (laughs) hold on we're bonding Mm, right mm, now mm, mm, yeah. yeah so just to hit on that story real quick one time um and this is the most Lebanon thing I've ever heard of, but um, Steve and I were in public speaking, and our teacher, Miss Dooning, she was telling us about the next prompt for um, like controversial topics. Right. So sometimes you would do um, topics of like, okay, in in this public speaking speech, I want everyone to like teach someone about something, or I want us to discuss this topic. This one is like, pick any topic that's controversial, except. It's not allowed to really be controversial. Right, which doesn't make sense in the first place. It doesn't make sense in the first place. I remember Megan Liebenau, hers was on, it was just basically a pro-birth control speech, and yeah. she got points docked off mm-hmm. for that. She mm-hmm. didn't get a good grade, and it was like, okay, well. Eh. Yeah, I did. I think what I ended up actually doing, I was like, what do you, a controversial take that isn't controversial. What do you want people to talk about? Yeah. And so what I ended up doing was a speech about making pencils illegal yes. because I was like, people don't kill people pencils. Yeah. It was a whole thing. Yeah, I do remember that. That yeah. was well crafted by the Thank way. You, you should so recite that That was my favorite class sometime. for sure. It was, it I have was it fun. written somewhere for sure. Um, I'll find it and I'll, um, I'll read it at the end of this when I edit this and, yeah. and do it. Like you should. An oh my outro God, you or should. an intro or something. And you know what's funny is I couldn't, I've never seen a speech that I wrote for public speaking. I think I got up there mm-hmm. every time and just, yeah. Spoke out of my ass. Really? And gave like forty-seven ums. Yes. Well, they worked. They worked. They I got. Worked. I got an A. Yeah, yeah. we're all good. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we're here. We're out of high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I graduated. Yeah. <laughs> now they only say congratulations. Oh Jesus. <laughs> um. But yeah. Anyway, so Miss Dooning said, um, you know, here's the prompt: controversial topics. Does anyone have any questions on like maybe what the line is or like any topics of, of specifics? Uh, and and Steve, I look over and immediately. Steve immediately. I mean, she closes her mouth. Does anyone have any you know any questions of what's too far? Hand raised, but you didn't wait to be called on. <laughs> you just said it, and you said, "How about OJ didn't do it?" And I <laughs> fell out. I I felt my intestines fell out of my body, and I ascended because that. 
is my favorite thing. And she was just like, yep, there's the line. <laughs> like, yep, can't do that one. Yeah. And we both, I think, after that were very like, if it does not fit, you must acquit. Well, yeah, the, it was acquitted, you know what I mean? Come on. And, it's American And I, the reason I blurted it out is because, you know, I was known in that class already. For being it was, the... Well, just for... We were known for just, like, talking yeah, already. It was a whole... True. So it was like... They did I was the only, I saw, like us, but... Yeah, I was the only one that had my hand up. Who else are you going to call? That's you true, know? that's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to wait. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean I'm not gonna we wait. got learning to do, yeah. Miss Dooney. Let me learn. <laughs> so that turned into this beautiful thing that we have in mm-hmm. front of us today. Yeah, yeah. Um, to talk about stand-up comedy yes. today. Yes, um, I did a little bit of research this morning. Or really, I just listened to like a podcast and watched some YouTube <laughs> videos on it. Uh, yeah. But, um, so, you know, the history behind stand-up comedy... Actually, I mean, it goes back as far as, I mean, oral stories back in the day Mm -hmm. of, you know, Roman times and Greek and whatnot, and people just, like, goofing around and fucking around Mm -hmm. back then, and just, like, bards, you know, bards, Mm -hmm. they they have that little thing, and they just, like, annoy the shit out of people. I don't know what their bits were, but um, what they really, what stand-up comedy really formed from, uh, there's this thing called vaudeville, and it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's like, um, it's like kind of circusy. I was about to say, very performative. Very, very performative. Yeah, very and like... so there would be acts of like juggling and uh, unicycling, and then they would have somebody come up and tell mm-hmm. kind of jokes, you know, mm-hmm. like they, it, it was more along the lines of just stories, mm-hmm. or they would juggle and like do funny things, mm-hmm. well, like the clown, you know, have you ever seen yeah. uh, Baskets before? With uh, it's with um, Zach Galifianakis oh. on FX. Yeah, I think I've heard. I think I've heard. And of him he before. like tries to professionally be a, a clown. Like, like he, he goes to a, a place in France, mm-hmm. a school, oh to go be a clown, and he drop, fails out of it because he can't speak French. <laughs> and then he brings out. He brings out. So it's his life as like wanting to be a clown, and he has this. He's really not funny at all. And is this like, fictional or non-fictional? Yeah, it's fictional, okay. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know Zach was like, no, watch this. It's actually very artistic. I really mm. like it. Um, you should check it out if you have time. You said it's on FX? Yeah, yeah, it's on Hulu, um, if you have Hulu. All right, yeah. all right. Yeah. Uh, he, I don't, but, but my this... roommate does, so yes, I'm <laughs> yeah. watching it. He, so he fails out of that school, but he kind of learns, I don't even remember, but uh, he brings this French girl over, and she, he's like, I... He's like, I'm like, I'm being a, like, I'm a clown. And she's like, you are not a clown. Oh. You are not <laughs> a clown. And he's like, I am a clown. Yeah. <laughs> I am a clown. I am a clown. Yeah. Yeah. Clown. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, basically that's where it started. Like clowns. The vaudeville. The, yeah, the vaudeville and them doing that. And that's kind of, there's these two names, uh, Frank Fay, that come up from there. And his... Kind of what he started was more of the charming character, and he would mm-hmm. come out and actually say like kind of funny stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and and just do one liners. Yeah, one liners. Well, and he would and... and he would bring out a, a violin. Sorry, mm-hmm. and he would like sing. He would and or do like a song, mm-hmm. and then like at points in the song he would comment on each line. Like it was mm-hmm. a beautiful song, and he would do like a funny comment. He walked so Martin Short could run, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Mr. Uh, P- Mr. P. Martin Short is anyways. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think whoever you're thinking, the think like Martin Pee Wee Sherman. That's who I'm thinking. Um, of. I think so. Yeah. 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 Just, just real quick, Martin Short is not Pee Wee Herman. Anyways. <laughs> God, yeah. I'm so uneducated Pee-wee. on the history of com- uh, of comedy. I just know that I like it. Now, yeah. So. Well, well, yeah, well. I mean, this is just like the the background. Bob, and so around this time was Bob Hope too. Yeah. He, and okay, that's like yeah. a big. You know, I don't know anything that he's Not done really, either. but uh, you know his name. Know the name. Um, so yeah. So he was there, and he did more of like a you know I'm in control of the crowd, like I'm playing y'all yeah. 
yeah, yeah. to like you know laugh at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that's where kind of the as opposed to being a character, it was more of like these are the jokes and you're gonna laugh at mm-hmm, them kind of. Mm-hmm. And so from there, it kind of went into the scene of so those. There was those people in vaudeville that were kind of northern, but then there was also, uh, around the same pe- time period, uh, the southern uh, kind of come up where it was like, it's not necessarily where Richard Pryor came from, mm. but it was definitely more um, what black. What led to maybe his Yeah, it was black-focused, you know, southern yeah. people talking about, like, one of his jokes contains, it, I mean, it, uh, one of his characters that he comes back to a lot is a character that was alive during... Like, the transition between slavery and, like, not slavery. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it was just, like, yeah, yeah, so it was basically just, like, again, that going back to that oral communication, mm-hmm. passing down those stories, mm-hmm. and, like, he's like, yeah, you, you weren't alive when you when them plantations <laughs> were around, were they, you know? And I'm at, you know, it's just, so it's, you know, it's just a character kind of thing. Now that you mention that, I mean, it is crazy because, like, I mean, yeah, you can, you can get a lot of really important... I mean, that's what Dave Chappelle does. I mean, he can get a lot of important messages out in that medium yeah. just by, like, I can get you on my side and can get you, like, kind of warmed up and, like, loosened a little bit with comedy, yeah. but also I can make... Uh, yeah, I can make statements and we can, like, have a civil fucking... De- you know, Yeah. Uh, and, like, look at these real issues. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I think that dips over into, like, an area where, like, some people get up there for, like, clapter, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and yeah. it's more of a speech with funny moments, mm-hmm. but... Well, that's where... Well, that's where I like the line, personally, in comedy. So this is... So after that, like, initial kind mm-hmm. of, like, slapstick, there was, like, Three Stooges yeah. during that time period, and that's kind of where, like, you know, people running around the piano, that kind of was, like... Yeah. Uh, that was, again, that was around the time of that vaudeville type thing. Mm-hmm. And then it gets into this t- uh, era after, um, after World War II mm-hmm. of like Richard Pryor and George mm-hmm. Carlin, and this is into the 60s a little bit. And uh, Richard Pryor and George Carlin both actually started doing kind of, and Bill Cosby even, is, is they were, you know, it, it was that clean type of humor yeah. where it was there was no swearing, you'd come out in a suit. Yeah, exactly. And you don't Family talk about, special. yeah, and you don't talk about like real things. You know, you don't talk about, because people come to a place to laugh and mm-hmm. not to think about the shit world it's that we live in. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then apparently... Richard Pryor, there was this, uh, there was a point in time, I don't know if it was on SNL, um, but it was around the time that he was on SNL, mm-hmm. where his mother and father died, like, in, within the span of a year, Whoa. or, yeah, it was a lot, mm-hmm. and so the first thing he comes on and says is, like, what the fuck am I doing, you know, it just, like, yeah. it, 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 like, breaks the boundary of him being this clean, that wall. yeah, this clean person, and that's when he started really doing Make you think, yeah, the real, and and that's what uh, George Carlin did too. Again, he was in the suit, and then he was at some point he yeah, that's crazy. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen any of his stuff, obviously, from him in a suit, but I hear about him being clean. I'm like, damn, George Carlin. George Carlin, yeah, because if you look at any of his stuff, it's just uh, he has the his famous his most famous bit is the seven words you can't say on TV. Oh, Uh, I shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker. and tits, maybe? Hmm. Yeah, something like... Well, there's a Blink-182 song that's called Family Reunion, and it uses that that phrase, and they're like, shit, piss, fuck, yeah, cock, 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 tits, fart, turd, and twat. And so... I love that. Yeah, those last ones aren't, aren't the words, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> to, all, to, to get that all out yeah. on there, you know, uh, you know, just, that's... that's <laughs> this uh, is comedy, people. But... <laughs> so, <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> Uh, he actually makes it funny though, so you know it's not just him just swearing or whatever. Yeah. And he talks about why they're not allowed to say him, breaks him down mm-hmm. or whatever. But really, what what people 
say about George Carlin and Richard Pryor and now Dave Chappelle and mostly mostly the three but it, it it's philosophers before comedians mm. and that's what you were talking about mm-hmm. a little bit um, mm-hmm. before it's their they talk about the truth and they, and they talk about the world we live in like even yeah I mean uh, I think Christina P has a great outlook on that as well because Tommy Bunn's wife Tommy Bunn's wife yeah Tom Segura's wife uh, Christina Pajitsky she I really do respect what she does because she she so she studied philosophy all throughout college and stuff and obviously didn't go down that route but does have like you know, she's like, we're, we're the observers and we're supposed to give that, you know, we're that lens of what everyone is thinking and experiencing and, and, um, or not everyone, but a, a group of people, you know, mm-hmm. we're experiencing, we're seeing these things, whether it's things in the news, whether it's just like your normal everyday observations. And it's like, how do you express that in a way that, you know, people not, uh, either relate to, or like a perspective of, um, you know, that's a, there's a newness to that or maybe mm-hmm. a shock value to that. Of, right. Like, you've never been exposed to that idea before. Or mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah. I mean, one of these comedians back from vaudeville, I think, would just come on stage and read the news and just make a comment on like, he's like, oh, you know, read a headline and yeah, just yeah, say, yeah. well, that's fucked up or something, yeah. you know. And Seth Meyers. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely where the, you know, that's the shows, that, yeah, the yeah. late night shows all come from mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. That but, collective, this is the world we're living in right now, yeah, <laughs> the feeling. Yeah, but I mean, even, not even that, but like I said, philosophers and George Carlin has a bit literally about time, like mm-hmm. about what is now? Like, you know, mm-hmm. just like now, oh, and it's gone, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, here it comes, here it comes, <laughs> and there it goes, and, you know, yeah. and that was now, that was it. And so it's like, and he's like, you know, after a while, a while, a while. is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. or, you know, in, in a jiffy or something, I don't yeah. know. So... Uh, he really does break down, uh, which is what I thought was really interesting about him. Is because, of course, being you know twenty one years old and stumbling upon philosophy or whatever and philosophical ideas, you're thinking like, oh, we're we're the most progressed. You know, we thought of these ideas or whatever. And then you're like, oh yeah, but Socrates was a person. Um, but to think that George Carlin was able to build like a comedic profile mm-hmm. based off of talking about and it's philosophy. A, a successful, huge. A huge one. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to any comedians nowadays, there's like, oh, who are your influ- influences? You know, uh, George Carlin, There's like a Richard select Pryor. three to five people. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Like, that's the model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, and so personally for me, I know, again, Louis C.K. is a very controversial mm-hmm. Topic, you know, where's the moral line there? But also about what he did is a little bit uh, questionable. Mm -hmm. But I personally compare right now Louis C.K. and Dave Chappelle to George Carlin Mm -hmm. and Pryor. Yeah, it it is very racist. (laughs) But it's like the two names that I feel personally are that influential of some sort of what they were doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. A little bit. Or I mean, you know. Not reincarnation, but the progression of it. You yeah. know, it's where that the where it's kind of going. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and th- that's the thing about Louis is he doesn't necessarily directly talk about philosophical things. Like, I mean, he well, I, I mean, he talks about like things that, that are in the news and politics mm-hmm. and whatnot in in a, in a way where it doesn't even feel like he's talking about like politically. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like he's like abortion. It's either you know, it's either. Taking shit or killing a baby, you know, it's either it's, he's like, I hate people that say uh, abortion should be legal, safe, and rare. He's like, 
why rare if it's just shitting, you know, yeah. just like shit. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But, I heard that bit. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, in 2017, which I personally recommend that everybody should watch. It's my personal okay, favorite. Okay, noted. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. It doesn't, it's not necessarily like he's taking a stance on abortion, right? He's just kind of viewing both sides of it. Observational, yeah. Very observational. And he does that throughout the thing, throughout the whole 2017, because he's talking about how 2017, you know, the Christians won because we all track that calendar a year at, before Christ or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or after Christ, I guess. <laughs> That's where we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Amen, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Dave Chappelle, however, Dave Chappelle, interesting one. he dies. Louis not, head. sorry. Yeah. No, but he, the, but the way he, he like directly presents these, you know, he'll, he'll do like He'll talk about the alphabet people, you know, the L's and the G's and the, you know, he, that's the premise. That's where he's starting right. you off on. Right. And it's like, okay, what is he, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, we're dipping mm-hmm. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I was going to say with Richard Pryor, you know, with Richard Pryor and George Carlin, they, like George Carlin embodies like this asshole type of mm-hmm. persona where he's like, you all are some dumb motherfuckers because you accept this world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Pryor. Kind of, kind of the same thing, except again more. I think, he, I think him and Louis, kind of, are more similar than Carlin and Louis uh-huh, uh-huh. and Chappelle and Carlin and are more, more. Yeah, because in terms of maybe delivery. And, yeah, delivery yeah. and directness about mm-hmm. it. I think, but yeah, I, you know, it's just the the philosophy behind, it. and that's why personally I like those. Those types mm-hmm. of comedians. What, what what are your some of, some of your favorite? Yeah, it's because well, I know you love Chris Dilley. Uh, yeah, I did like the big old Chrissy D mm-hmm. there for a long time. And what would you describe his humor as, or his comedy, like, um, breaking it down? I I liked, uh, you know, I I think I really liked his comedy because he was he's a big laugher on stage. He <laughs> yeah, laugh, because he laughs at his own. Jokes. He laughs at and his, his own laugh jokes, and his laugh is crazy. And and I kind of have one of those things too, where I realize like when I'm hanging out with a group of friends mm-hmm. um i i do almost always kind of start taking on the persona of like i do want to be the entertainer i want to be the clown yeah. for the evening yeah and and my favorite like it is a if everyone has laughed that night or like we have laughed that's a fun time for me i can look yeah. back and be like okay that's like that's what i want mm-hmm. out of the night right personally all of us to laugh all not just one to person exactly. to like tell the jokes and then and so it's I think he does a fun thing where finding, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He, it's, it's off the cuff. So he'll say something and it feels organic because he laughs at it and then expands on it. Mm -hmm. And it would make me laugh, um, during his podcast, how he would just take a stance, say, bananas are stupid. We should get rid of them. Similar to like the pencil (laughs) idea. Like we should ban pencils and will hardline stick to it and make it funny. Mm -hmm. And it's so ridiculous that all you can do, it's just, it's absurdism. Yeah. It's also a big character guy. Yeah. Character character guy is another form that like, um, I think Robin Williams did really mm-hmm. well. Yes. And, yeah, and just would That's a great sticking point, to a, to a character and and just you know really owning it. You know, yeah, yeah, and and like will acknowledge like yeah I have like a funny face or a funny body and I'm right. gonna be silly with it. Mm-hmm. I think I it's like I already had that inclination growing up like being silly in that way, mm-hmm. um, but now to see like 
not only adults doing it, but that's literally the brand for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, obviously you mentioned Robin Williams. Now that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, or even like a Martin Short or a Steve Martin. Well, yeah, exactly. But Steve Martin, he didn't even really, like he did a character, on stage, but he wasn't doing lots of characters. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, it was more. It was him making fun of the fact that he was a comedian. He would go mm. up there and be like, and like talk about, he's like, and this next joke and kind of like yeah. go and then play banjo mm-hmm. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves that. Yeah, 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 he yeah. loves that thing. But I he mean, I kind of like it too. It's uh, it's different. It's yeah. fun. Well, and music has always been a core component to um, making people laugh for mm-hmm. some reason. Like mm-hmm. some of the funniest, you know, um, what's the big Broadway hit with the South? Like South Park always has, they won, they used to win Grammys for the yeah. music that they did for yeah. their shows and movies. And then they came out with um the Mormons, you know, the Book of Mormon. That oh, right, right. And that's been a huge success. And huge people success. swear by, like, oh, my God, like, it's super funny. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it's held up as really funny. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, music and comedy in that regard. I mean, tunes in general, like, stick really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, if you connect with something, it's going to stick with you, whether or not you, you know, same thing with, like, jingles growing up. Like, that's you don't realize you remember something um, yeah. Um, get that. connected for free. Like yeah. I know that whole thing. If it comes on, uh, I can sing it, and I don't realize I can sing it. You know the whole thing. What about the freecreditreport.com? Oh yeah, yeah, Tell yeah. Tell your yeah, friends yeah, yeah. this is an ad. This whole thing is an <laughs> yeah. ad. And this uh, podcast is sponsored <laughs> by. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it just like. <laughs> and it also turns it into turns, ASMR. Yeah, ASMR for some reason. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Today on NPR. <laughs> You're right. It's the NPR voice. That's what we broke it down. That's what it was. But yeah, I think absurdism in comedy. Mm, Eric Andre. Oh, boom. There we go. Okay, so. Uh, well, so, yeah, I it just, really comes like, down. I just, like, fell in love with him because, right. not uh, that I've ever I wanted to, to him, bridge but... the gap to where we just, oh, Eric Andre. That's a, yeah, oh, uh, Eric Andre. But, and because we were talking about music and then we got on absurdism a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, there's just all these different types of comedy is really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, absurdism it kind of started out with like just Adult Swim being like a thing in the yeah. first place. Yeah. And then Eric, the Eric Andre show slapped that on there. Mm-hmm. He started doing stand up, but I think he only has like, I've I've watched his stand up before mm-hmm. he did release this Netflix mm-hmm. one, and it's almost the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if he necessarily he, is like a stand up. It's more yeah. of like let's develop fucking absurd skits and like mm-hmm. moments we can create in his show. Yeah, right. which he doesn't. And I think actually now that you mention Eric Andre and absurdism, I'm kind of also leaning in the direction of Bobby Lee. Do you know who Bobby Lee is? He was on. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, not SNL. He was on uh, Mad TV for oh, a minute there. Yeah, Mad and TV was big. I like it's weirdly like you. Mad TV will pop up randomly, yes. and you're like, that was a big thing at some yeah, point. Yeah, it exploded for a moment, and mm-hmm. then you know it, it had its ups and downs throughout the. Yeah, but it, it's definitely gonna get lost in history. It's, personally, yeah, it's one of those things. It that, is gonna get like lost. SNL is gonna you know be big for a while, and people are gonna remember it. Unfortunately, Unfortunately yeah, no, Mad TV had some great. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I and I didn't even like I've never even seen more than you know a few choice like Mad TV yeah, exactly. sketches and, and, and skits and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Bobby Lee, so he has another podcast called Tiger Belly that I've been watching for a while now that he hosts with his girlfriend. They have like a little mini studio, and um, he's kind of in the same. He has guest after guest on asking, you know, hey, where's the special, mm-hmm. Bobby? Where, Bobby? 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 where's the special Bobby <laughs> and and he's like I don't feel like he's like I'd rather just my comedy be free form and be what it is and mm-hmm. like me you know 
make it in certain like projects that I'm passionate in and it be spontaneous. He's like, to me, he's like, I'm just not really like a writing guy. I'm not really like, um, you know, he's like, I don't do well with structure and shit. He's like, I don't feel like it, but yeah. he's like, when I feel like it, I'll, I'll do something. But he is so off the cuff, absurd and out there and funny in his own regard that, yeah, I mean, his content I really, really enjoy without it needing to like fit within a, you know, a packaged hour. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy Eric Andre in that same way of like, even if those, I mean, that, that uh, police brutality bit he has is, is 15 years old. Yeah. That's because that's oh, cops, what I'm saying. cops, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. No, the cops no, no. Show. Yeah. Um, and it, the essence of it is like cops is a, ter- like, why would they start the show cops about police brutality with like reggae music, mm-hmm. the most peaceful, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 so, yeah. Coconut. <laughs> coconut. The coconut. Yeah. Jamaica man. The coconut is our national currency. Oh, it's Uh-oh. so funny, too, because I remember, like, growing up watching cops, like, oh, the most, like, red, white, blue, baby. Mm. Like, rocket launch. Rocket launch. <laughs> um, with my brother growing up, like, I mean, drag racing, being in a motorhome. I grew up in a motorhome like three to four days out of the week. Like that's where we were. Mm. And so you turn on, you know, shitty cable TV and like cops was always there. And it was fun to hear that. What you going, what you going yeah, to do? Like do? it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's like, it feels light. And then you go in and you're like, what's this crazy crackhead up to or some shit. And it's, you know, you don't even realize like kind of how dark some of those moments are when you're yeah. watching it as like a seven year old or some shit. Yeah. And then they yeah, are looking back. It's like, wow, <laughs> it's, it's just an interesting contrast to, yeah, to, contrast. to yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe the perspective we take today on that stuff. So <laughs> definitely. But absurdist humor is honestly, I think it's what really, I think it was one of my earliest attractions to, to comedy yeah. personally yeah. Uh, in high school. I, was mm-hmm. really I don't think it was there. mine. And I think I've just mm-hmm. now really, like got, taken it yeah and, and, and that's great i mean i mean that's what, like we can connect on even though i was into eric andre you know i was into eric andre before, before you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh but no it's just like a great connecting factor because we, we could be able to talk about that you know for ages mm-hmm. and and uh but the thing about absurdist humor is that i think it really breaks down comedy to it it's like like the core you know because yes. the core of comedy is setting up a punchline and then you're setting up you know, a premise, needs to be setting up a premise, a, yeah, a premise yeah. and then having a punchline. And the punchline is something that you shouldn't be able to expect. You know, it should be like catch you off guard and make you laugh. And that's yeah. really what a joke is. It's something to set this up and twist yeah. your idea of yeah, it, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And so absurdist, it, so I mean, there's the structure there, but absurdist <laughs> is really like, oh, here's like a, sh- uh, you know, Eric Andre, here's a, a talk show. Mm-hmm. And here is, it's not a talk show yeah, at all. It's right. just the opposite. Here's of- the comfortable setting. And then here's, like, yeah, complete chaos. Like, complete it chaos. It just destroys what you think that premise right. is going to be. Right. And it sounds like Bobby Lee is almost a, a pretty similar to that. Absolutely. For sure. He'll get on and he'll just, like, I mean, his podcast, it's just, you kind of know, like, okay, he's going to start every podcast with some sort of song. We don't know what, but he'll just, oh. I was a little island boy. <laughs> and like and he'll just and everyone just lets him do his thing and he'll be like, Alright, roll it and then they roll the <laughs> you know, the intro, which he produced, which is so cute. And yeah. then uh they just get right into it and he'll be like he'll say just the most random thing. It could be something personal to his life, it could be something I guess not really news because he doesn't really touch on anything like in the in the outside world. It mm-hmm. it's fun because it is escapism in the sense that it's like 
it is whatever you feel like it being that day. And mm. I, I really find lately, I don't know, like on my dance team and stuff, I've always had trouble expressing my ideas because they feel very non-structured. They feel very spontaneous. And yeah. I think sometimes I and have a hard time. that's just how some people think too. Yeah, yeah. it's just, I, I think sometimes I do have a hard time putting into words some of my um, like pop-up ideas. But it's fun to hear someone who can just play and, and that's what I've kind of like fallen into. I really like playing and like I'll say stuff to my roommates sometimes and I'll just like amp it up, especially if I'm like drunk or high, you know, yeah. you know the vibes. Yeah. It's fun to just be able to play and like live in an imaginary space where um, what like what is making sense anyway? Mm-hmm. Because I, it's again, it's like tw- uh, taking a twist on what the anticipated or the, the usual is mm-hmm. um, and like trying to catch someone off guard. I really like that. Absurdism, like shock value, humor, like, and that's something I grew up being sheltered away from. So now that I'm slowly starting to discover on my own, it's been very fun. It's a playground. Yeah. It's just something new, a new type of humor Mm -hmm. for you. And And it's something I know it's like, oh, it's fun. And, And I know if I ever presented it to any of my family members, it's like, it'd be really hard to grasp. It's Yo, yeah. That's, that's the thing is absurdism. I mean, there's always been some type of absurdism in the world and, like, comedy. But I think the new type of absurdism mm-hmm. with, like, the internet age and, like, the era of, like, okay, how weird can we actually how, yeah, get, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 It's very, very new and scary for a it lot. Is, it is, it's a frontier <laughs> that's, like, unchecked yet. And yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I actually have a bit about, like, the internet being such a scary place because you can find, you know, you can go on on there and find anything from, like, kittens wearing, like, bread. And you're yeah, like, oh, what yeah, is it to, yeah. like, just dicks just, being smashed yeah. with a hammer. Just, yeah, oh, my God. Just the worst of the worst and I mean I mean that in the context of the joke it's funnier than I swear it's funnier but (laughs) but but it's like in reality it's like how absurd could I have made that you know it's like what actually is there on the internet yeah yeah yeah. what can exist in this space and virtually limitless there's rule 34 rule 34 is uh it's a it's an internet rule that they that the internet has created Mm -hmm. that states that if it if it exists, there is porn of it. Oh. Yeah. So uh, if it exists, there is porn. There's so porn of it. pillow. That's I just looked at around the room. There's uh-huh. a pillow. There is pillow porn. I was thinking Elsa and Anna. Elsa and Anna. Oh, well, come on. That's like it. what do you what do you yeah what we are you got talking it. about that's I mean yeah <laughs> been but, around you know around. Um, can you recite the um. One through thirty-three rules. One through thirty. I have no idea. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, Just kidding. but yeah, that's so, so. I think the idea of absurdism is weirdly changing, and I think I want to get into that a that's little nice bit. That's nice too. It almost feels like that's it's fun because you can't pinpoint it. There's mm-hmm. never a button that you can just like press your thumb down on of like this is what absurdism is. Yeah, it is whatever fucking whoever is deciding to open their mouth and like telling jokes telling decides jokes it is decides to, exactly yeah you're right yeah like. yeah and it's just the idea of that random um, yeah like i said it's i mean it's it really is stand-up or comedy down to its core it's, mm-hmm. is changing the unexpected so it's where you draw the line at whatever unexpected mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. and again if we can keep changing that and I, as a as a changing human race yeah. is like we are the idea of unexpected is just going to continue to grow and grow that's true which is uh well Especially so I, as we make new problems for ourselves and things like that i mean we are progressing but also it's like yeah there's yeah. always going to be a new form of something to 
comment on, make fun of, or whatever. And I do really like the idea of, like, trying to convince a, a, a crowd of some sort or an audience of people to get on board with something, mm-hmm. even if it's for, you know, the light of that moment. Like, yeah. you know, oh, but we can all agree on this. Am I right? And mm-hmm. it, <laughs> I've, I've never taken a stance that Marriott Hotel should be shut down, but sure. Like, but you sure, know I mean? yeah, let's start stupid. it. Let's start it out like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, it was something like I said. I mean, the, the idea of unexpected. What if? What if, bro? What if next year is a pandemic? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, just yeah. what if? You know, what <laughs> that's the premise, and, yeah. and then here we are. And then, you know, uh, <laughs> Frogs have. Mm, they did surgery on a grape. dicks. Yeah, they did surgery on a They did grape, surgery on a grape. Which okay. we do. Actually, that's fact. So. That's fact, yeah. <laughs> Fro- frogs have macro dicks? I'm with it. Macro dicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look out, 2021. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, where is it? Where, and anyways, um, so the idea of the comedy industry is really interesting to me because... because I don't know how I got there, but I'm just going to... No, that's no, no, just please, where we're yeah. starting, yeah. Uh, they... So, you know, George Carlin and them, that was kind of the big explosion of it, right? And from there on, I think that's, like, Eddie Murphy, you mm-hmm. know, all them. That the, the comedy scene really blew up, and there were albums being sold that would make more, mm-hmm. that would make more money and get more hits than even musical albums, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They would sell out Madison, Madison Square Garden, which is typically a, you know, concert, yeah. musical concert type yeah. of place. And there are comedians that have done that. George Carlin did that. Weirdly, Dane Cook. Has done that? Oh, really? Yeah, he was a he weird was blip in, in comedy. Yeah. yeah, he just shot up and then immediately came back down. I forget what his controversy was, but mm-hmm. it was something. But. Uh, yeah, and, and so what happened was through the industry changing, it was, okay, you can do a career and stand up, but you have to have really good jokes. You know, you have mm-hmm. to, or you have to have good philosophical content, mm-hmm. crazy characters like Robin Williams mm-hmm. that, and really commit to the characters. Yeah. And then... Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yeah. exactly. And... It, but it, it really progressed to this point where now there's such a big audience for, for stand-up. Whereas before it was kind of a niche thing. Mm-hmm. And it still is kind of a niche thing. But mm-hmm. it's come to the point where everybody has access to it. Mm-hmm. So you if you want to get into that industry, it's even more competitive than it was when people were making millions of words of selling out Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden you and know? not only that I think like with the internet also now you know allowing comedy to coexist with it you mm-hmm. have more eyes on you as you come up kind of thing oh yeah. so I think it's harder to convince people of like no I'll get there because you need 10 years to get there mm-hmm. for I mean that's what every big comedian stands yeah. by is like go bomb for 10 years and then we'll talk and then we'll talk yeah, yeah exactly and and so it, it, I mean it, it's Dave Chappelle started when he was like 12 or like 14 that's or insane. something I know Seth Rogen started when when he was that young. You know, it's like to be able to get to a point where you are of any status at all, you yeah. have to have some years on it. Yeah. So, um, but the the point I was trying to get to is now it's so hard. It's like you have to have a thing. You know, mm-hmm. you have like Bo Burnham. He really took yeah. advantage of. He was personally one of the first comedians that I got He's into. He's great, and he really took advantage of that changing world ideology and the attention span mm-hmm. of the internet. Mm-hmm. And he made these short videos yeah. on YouTube. And again, music. He included the music in it because he and knew his, that. that the, his most popular set. It is so. You're right. Like it just jerks you back and forth. Like it's so unexpected. It does like keep He's that... awkward but confident yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Awkwardly yeah. confident. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels new. It feels like all oh, the nerds like gone and run off and like you're <laughs> finally like seeing what goes on in someone's head like that or something. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. He builds this world, but it, it, it changes. It's ever changing so quickly mm-hmm. that it exists well on like an internet space where it's like oh, your yeah. attention span so short or something, or you want something quick. Mm-hmm. He's good with like that quick delivery, which is cool. Yeah. And just very witty. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, he studied Shakespeare and whatnot. And I mean, just a cool guy all the time. I was a big, I nerded out on Bill Burnham, which yeah. is weird because I don't even like watch any of his stuff anymore yeah, really like I, I, the, I haven't either the, like I don't I haven't gone back and watched anything he's done mm-hmm. like the last thing I think I saw was 8th grade and that wasn't he that mm-hmm. was after he quit his comedy career mm-hmm. and went into directing and oh, so, I didn't even know he went into directing yeah he directed 8th grade and it was got oh, critically oh thing. that's right oh my god yeah god yeah. where have I been I haven't seen it but I've definitely heard of it and I heard <laughs> it was beautiful so yeah yeah exactly so I mean and that's the thing is it was so influential to me and then I you know, I took that and snowballed it mm. into this love for stand-up mm-hmm. comedy. And, yeah, and that's when, personally, I I started doing stand-up when, before I even understood the idea of, like, industries or anything, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I started when I was a freshman in college. I did, um, I just did, like, one set at this Donkey Cafe place where they were doing, like, an open mic did night. Did you go bananas? I did, but that was later. Yeah, that was yeah, that right. winter, actually. Yes. So, because I went and did freshman year and did at this... It, again, it was an open mic, and mm-hmm. I went in there, and they, it was weird because it was a room full of people watching yeah. the stage, and the first one I, like, I went in and sat down and listened to, it was like a poem about a girl and her experiences getting traumatized oh. in very, very gruesome language. You're in Athens, right? Language. Yeah, yes, for yeah. Sure, for sure. Terminology, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and it was very... Um, heavy. Heavy, and, and it was... It was a snapper. It was people were snapping. That's after a snapper right and there. And I was like, oh, this is not where I need to do this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, Wait, uh, so did you decide or? or well, you so leave? then, so I was about to leave, but I didn't want to like come in and leave like immediately once I saw what it was. <laughs> so I stayed. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this, yeah, exactly. So I stayed for like two people, two, two more acts. Two more acts. That's, yeah, exactly. And then they were like, all right, who wants to go up next? And nobody like said anything. And this girl was like, she went up and she was like, well, I don't really have anything written down, but I could tell like a funny story or something. And I was like, oh, we do it now. Yeah. And she went up there and told some like band stories. And I was like, mm, ba- band stories. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. And then I went up after that and told like some Juvie stories. And, okay. okay. Yeah. And, and did a little bit. And it felt really good because they were not expecting my type of You humor. walk up and you're like, this mm-hmm. kid... Fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, and I never told him what I went to juvie for yeah. either. I was just like, yeah, so I went to juvie. And yeah. the, and at the end, I, I was about to, I was like, all right, thank you. Like, I, like it was mm-hmm. kind of awkward because it wasn't even like a five-minute set. That right. I just went up there so and It's like, talked. I just have to, yeah, let me and, say something real quick. Yeah, and, and they were like, well, what did you go to juvie for? I'm like, well, not important. And just yeah. kind of like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's good. That's good. That's a good way to leave it. Because yeah. there is a shock value in like, Suspected bomb threat, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, yeah. or like, <laughs> right. suspected and especially gun in that or... environment of the the snappers, you know, and right. yeah, that would have not. No, it's way more well. fun to just be like, I don't know, you figure it out, yeah, because it's yeah, and also something I've been very like hard line on recently is it's never the artist's job to like explain their art yeah so just take it for what it is take it for what it is and, and if they try to explain it it takes away from the value of absolutely it, I think. absolutely because that leaves less room for any liberty and in, in what you take from it or mm-hmm. what it means to the the you know the person that you know is perceiving it so mm-hmm. 
Um, I think that that's a really fun way to like leave. Just, Just yeah, leave. I don't know. yeah, I don't know. You yeah. figure it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Does it matter? Does I it went. Matter? <laughs> like, I talked anyways. Yeah. But yeah, so then I, I, I then then I did the go bananas, mm-hmm. and that was technically my first real set. Yeah. And that was How weird. Long did you do? It, I bombed. It was so bad. Of course. Of course. Of course. I, it was five minutes, I think. Yeah. And you have to get like friends to come see you because So you can get some sort of support. Well no, that. they make you at Go Bananas. They're like, oh if you want to do stand up here, you have to get five oh, people to come. People. Because they make you pay a cover charge. They they don't want people just taking up their time, which I think is personally kinda of stupid. But yeah. I mean maybe just do it once, but they wanted me to do it every time. So oh. I only did Go Bananas one time. Again I bombed luckily I had the people that came were like close friends and mm-hmm. it, it was just uh but but the thing about bombing is mm-hmm. that's what you learn you know that's Bomba. really well yeah I was about to say like how did you feel about bombing like mm-hmm. I mean it was like I heard it doesn't feel good yeah yeah it's not great uh that time is kind of distant in my memory yeah but I started doing stand-up like frequently last summer okay and I did it like um five or six times down at just this one place mm-hmm. and there there were times like I started out there I had friends it was laughing it was good and the second time it wasn't at you know it wasn't as good but it wasn't like I bombed yeah, yeah, yeah. but then the third time I like invited two people too that aren't really into stand up uh-huh. and they came and like you could tell even before I went up the crowd was just like everybody was bombing because it really depends on the crowd you know yeah. and it's a crowd full of comedians who mm-hmm. have half of them go there every week so it's like you're seeing they're the same they're not really acts. impressed with what like mm-hmm. yeah and, yeah and they're expecting like hmm, what are we no, getting like there was literally a girl there who she had won a contest and was flying out to new york the next week to do like laugh factory type oh, stuff shit. yeah and she like was like top and she bombed because it was yeah. just so it was such an awkward and it is experience. crazy you do have there's a relationship you have to i mean you feed off of the audience oh or... yeah oh dude that's what i mean if you go into a, a place of people not like in it, i mean even the the vaudeville people aren't expecting they're expecting to see a show but they're not mm-hmm. really expecting to laugh you know yeah. what i mean yeah. so catching people off guard is again it's that unexpectedness of like mm-hmm. oh this person's funny you yeah, know yeah 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 um or or i think chris uh, Delia has a, that that bit about going to like a laundry mat where people are like yeah he's facing like, away from him facing away from yeah. him and he has to make them laugh yeah so it's like that's a different type of bad crowd you know there's mm-hmm. there's just so many things to to figure out when you go out there and so bombing mm-hmm. as an experience was like okay it was compl- uh, such a big one and I've only really bombed those two times because I haven't really even done stand up that mm-hmm. much but it, it really makes you especially if you record your your set. A little bit and, and kind of go back and view what was wrong with it and mm-hmm. why it didn't work is I mean the the thing that I learned from that one was like I can't tell a story I can't tell a whole story a whole five minute story mm-hmm. you know because if that story at the beginning if they don't if they're not on with the premise and they're checked out now they're checked out yeah. I mean so I can't keep doing the rest of the bit <laughs> like or keep continue on for five mm-hmm. minutes just talking about the thing that they already thought was yeah they don't want to hear exactly so So, now that's that at that point is when i started i was okay i need to have like one go to one-liners because if this bit doesn't work i need to go to this one yeah you jump yeah Yeah, yeah. and then start a different bit or something other things like trying to adjust ready Mm -hmm. for whatever kind of crowd maybe you're handling oh yeah exactly it's always interesting to me everyone's methods Mm -hmm. for like i mean like joe rogan has his own like sworn by you know like, you record and you write and you have to write everything down and you record and blah, blah, blah. And then there's other comedians who are like, I don't know. I just say shit. Like, I mean, I obviously have my bits that are, like, 
at this point well um, developed enough to where like the pacing works and I you know vary it up at times and see what works different places but you know otherwise like I you know or I work my new shit out for this long or or whatever and it's always interesting to me to see the approach that everyone takes because Mm -hmm. I do think it's different for everybody Mm -hmm. and I think even the crowd that you're like you you have to adjust to the crowd to some degree or the venue like you mentioned for sure so um yeah I the closest feeling I've ever had to bombing is uh we had a real (laughs) so stupid (laughs) we were in Iowa City Iowa first of all I will not go back fuck that place yeah Iowa City Iowa was so bumfuck nowhere (laughs) now listen I love quaint places I like quiet places I like big open fields yeah but fuck dude (laughs) fuck Iowa City on the record on the record fuck Iowa City wow okay so no but my I I mean god (laughs) like about to like then mention the team I went with I'm like oh can't say that so yeah my dance team you and just I get went, hate emails from yeah. all the ayahuascans. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Is that the right the Ayahuascans. Right yeah. Um, dude, I'll get on board with that. The Washington Ayahuascans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, Washington Ayahuascans Redskins. <laughs> so my team went there. It was a normal competition weekend. This is in March of this year. Mm-hmm. And um, I think... Uh, they the the night before your competition they do uh, some process where you figure out your show order for the next day so up until Friday evening you don't know when you know one out of eight acts you don't know where you'll fall and I think we fell if we were like number one or number two to perform typically the audience isn't warmed up by that time so you get more cheers the the later in the show you go so you look forward to that we're like it's all good we feel clean we feel ready to perform no worries mm-hmm. we went out there and one of the issues was that they had none of the teams that, that typically watch you perform and they just rotate you out from the auditorium to the, the backstage area. Yeah. None of the teams were in there yet just because of the scheduling. And none of the people who were in there were cheering at all. Oh, so we are wow. putting on a... Fa- and we're used to like, you know, oh, we land a stunt. Oh, you woo! know, woo! Yeah, yeah like, okay. Yeah. You get some sort of... Uh, feedback and we got nothing and I I uh, you know everyone picks up your props at the end of your set or whatever and you've got like 30 seconds to get off and I was in such a bad mood that I yelled fuck you (laughs) in the corner yeah as I got off stage I was like fuck you and I and I I went backstage and no one heard me there's still like bass going on no one can hear me that's why I yelled it because no one could hear me I was so mad and I went backstage and there's like another team lining up getting ready to go and I was like, that's the worst set I've ever experienced. That's the worst audience I've been in front of. And I, to every team member of any other team I saw, I was like, dead audience, yell on stage to each other and all this and that. I was like, dead audience, dead audience, because it will affect your performance yeah. to a degree. Uh, you'll, you'll lose faith in yourself. Oh, you'll, yeah. No confidence. Con- you yeah. Win. Yeah. You, you don't have as much energy. <laughs> Not and at I, all. I, it's funny to me because then I put my little baby ass in like the shoes of comedians who have to bomb, and I'm like, imagine yelling "fuck you" <laughs> to a. Cr- I mean, Bill Burr. No, no, no. It. Imagine, yeah, imagine when if there's not music playing, like you said, the bass, and then somebody's just like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> that would that's got it. So I mean, it, yeah, I, the Bill Burr that is Bill worth Burr a mention. Is so funny. It's the iconic bombing, of yeah. twenty minute bomb. Yeah, he's up there for twenty minutes just talking in Philadelphia. Yes, talking shit about Philadelphia. Yes, and then he's like, you guys fucking. 
suck. Like, yeah, <laughs> and they're at, at the beginning, they're, like, not with it because he was just shit-talking the city. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Black Vega, get off the stage yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I got 15 more minutes. And he's, like, <laughs> counting down each minute. <laughs> yeah. And then by the end, the audience is, like, laughing because he's just going so ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going to take his, his last few minutes yeah. left yeah, and make <laughs> something out of them. Yeah, and so that's something that I'm looking forward to learning a little bit uh, about with, like, if I more doing more stand-up, the more bombings I'm going to have. And dealing with bombing mm-hmm. is something, like, going out in style, at least, you know. There's got to be a separation of, like, you can't take it too personally. Or you oh, can, yeah. you're going to hurt yourself. You'll hurt your heart. Like, I mean, I, <laughs> you, I don't know. Maybe I have too much of a connection to, like, my self-esteem still with that shit of, like, the art you put out and then that reflection of, like, how people think of you as a person. It's like there's not a direct line. That's not the direct correlation. You can bomb and people obviously don't have anything against you they're just like that joke fucking sucked yeah. on stage so it's uh i admire the tough skin basically is what it comes down to yeah and i've tried to take more notes from that for sure idea. and yeah i mean you've developed enough tough skin i mean have you seen your hands period <laughs> i'm sorry Roast me, sis. i'm sorry um for anyone who does not know i have notor- now feel my like forearm though you feel have... my actual skin. Oh, okay. That's pretty soft, yeah, right? No, no, for sure. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it's But nice. I have notoriously Appalachian uh, 40-year-old man blacksmith <laughs> hands, yeah. and I don't know why. Yeah, and I honestly think it's a, an attribute if you want to, like, it's something, it's a positive, it's a pro to Maddie Smith. I you want to know the nicest thing someone has ever said to me about my hands? What? It's a diss, but it's also not. Mm-hmm. My friend... I, actually, I won't say her name, but my friend that I was um, tripping on shrooms with, wow. she like took my hand and she said, she said, I want you, I mean, she said, I, yeah, she said, we, we were both like peeking at this point. She was like, I want you to know you should not feel bad about your hands because every person that I have truly trusted in my life has had very earthy, worn out hands. <laughs> And when I met you, I took note of that, and it has come true. And I was like, I'm, like, crying. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a beautiful thing to say <laughs> to someone. And now I'm like, I'm proud of my earthy-ass hands. Yeah, it just it's a sign of, of your, your integrity. Maturity. I know we said we were going to get into some other stuff, but yeah. it's gone on for kind of a yeah. while. And I think that's a whole different topic. Yeah, we could I probably agree. Do a whole I totally agree. We, we sure. could. So this um, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wanted to, to leave with some some of these uh, one-liners that I had uh, that I had written out for that recently for my stand-ups that you can't do we, we're not gonna be able to do in, until fall yeah which I'm very very pissed about I know um, that but sucks. but yeah uh, so I don't know which order to, to read them in necessarily mm-hmm. uh, this is a really dumb one but I just like it personally for it's myself a dumb one oh it's so bad it's I'll not probably funny. enjoy it the most yeah it's you know it's like I I'm not a big fan of life like I like I. <laughs> That's, I, I just really don't, you know, like, I don't know, I don't see myself living that long. Like, yeah. I personally think it would be cool to join the 27s club. Yes! Maybe, you know, maybe around 28 or 29. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole joke. <laughs> maybe around 28 or 29. Okay. I, no, 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 I think 27's good. It's iconic, you know? Yeah. You might, I mean, if you're going to go at 28, might as well do 27. You feel yeah. me? Yeah, you, what's you feel me? happen that's so much better. In a year. Um, not going to lie, I do carry a white lighter on me. Um, in case I, you know, that's dangerous. I don't know. I don't know. I just in case, I, yeah, just in I feel case, and they'll me. be like, "Wow, it's fine." <laughs> uh, I'm ready, dude. Take me out, Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. I wanna, I wanna use condoms to make people slip, like banana peels. 
To make, okay. <laughs> like banana peels? Like, just like banana, just throw it on the ground. Whoop! Or I just like in a Mario you do it, you just, yeah, they need to be used. Very yeah. used. Maybe Ew. double used. Ooh, Jesus you ever reuse condoms? <laughs> <laughs> no, am I right? Uh, I yeah. I mean, it would I'm it would be better. In that way. Yeah. <laughs> we have to reuse them. Okay, okay. Uh, I can't wait to chastise chastise my kids for not finishing their foods. Like, I mean, you should appreciate this meal. There are less fortunate people all around the world. Mm -hmm. There are people starving uh. in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, at first, I thought you were going to start that off with, I'm going to scold my children for not finishing. Yeah, oh, well, that's a good one. I'll add that in there for yeah. sure. <laughs> all right, all right, and then this is the last one. Uh, when I was young, people would always say, you know, I look like my dad. I have a lot of my dad in me. And I, was, I always think, you know, <laughs> six inches isn't that much. I knew where it was going. I yeah, it. yeah. You know what? You can definitely bond with those types of jokes with <laughs> Brennan Pinkerton because at the end of the day... BP. He, uh, BP's got his mom's, uh, hips and his dad's ass. And that is something that they stand by. Wow. And if you've seen the, the Colonel Pinkerton, he do be having an ass. He do be having it. Hey, BP, if you're listening, got a thick one, brother. Keep it che cheeked up. <laughs> Keep it cheeked up. Hell yeah. I'm going to play, if he comes on here, I'm going to play this clip to him on air. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Live. so he, Just yeah. Just get that reaction. I like For it. For sure. <laughs> All right, Maddie, I appreciate you coming out. This has been wonderful. Yeah, shouts out. I'm glad, you know, it seems like you're doing well for yourself. Well. What's nice is, um, yeah, I, I have really, you know, I've stopped white knuckling on things that don't matter <laughs> because so little matters yeah. actually yeah. sometimes that I focus in on. So this has been a good, like, you know, forget everything you know. Let's rebuild. Let's, you know, let's yeah. let's focus on, you know, human connection and shit. Because that's sure. what matters. And that's why we're out here. So. And, that, and that's why we, we out, out here articulate. Articulate. Right <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. So now, after that episode, I'm... I just contacted Brendan Pinkerton, and he's coming on. And I'm actually going to play that clip for him next week. It's going to be so good. Anyways, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I don't have the the public speech about pencils here, though I can't read that to you. If I find it, I'll uh, I'll post it separately or something and, and figure it out. Cause it is kind of funny, but I don't know. But I hope you enjoyed it, cause Maddie is just she is is great. And uh, yeah, check her out. Um, like if she does start a podcast, I'll, I'll let you know. You know, uh, <laughs> she's in the dance team, so if you're into that, I'm sure she's got some things you could talk to her about. So thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you. I love you. Amen. Okay, bye.